We're standing here in the Rome Gallery of the Ashmolean Museum and I'm here with Professor Alison Cooley, the head of the Ashmolean Latin Inscriptions Project. Alison, we're standing in front of two inscriptions with two reliefs that have a lot of similarities but at the same time also really very different. Yes, yeah, so we're, we're standing in front of two what are known as stelae, so big blocks of marble, and on the front they depict horsemen um, representing the deceased, so we've got two epitaphs here. The inscription on the left, first of all, depicts a very vigorous-looking young man galloping on his horse to the right of the stone, brandishing a spear. The idea of the, the speed of movement is encapsulated by his cloak, which is flapping out behind him. Uh, the horse's tail seems to be whisking along, and it gives the impression of a very vigorous, efficient uh, army officer. Before we look at this monument in detail, I'd like just to draw your attention to one interesting factor, which is that although the inscription itself was found in Ephesus in the 19th century, so Ephesus now in modern Turkey, traditionally a Greek-speaking area of the world, the inscription itself is in Latin, and so is bringing out immediately the Roman quality of this tombstone. The inscription tells us some more about who this individual is. It translates as, To Lucius Pompeius Marcellinus, son of Lucius, of the Fabian voting tribe from Rome, tribune of the first cohort of the Ligurians. He lived 23 years, 5 months, 11 days. His mother, Flavia Marcellina, built the monument, and his sister, Pompeia Caciolina. This monument will not follow the heir. So it was two female relatives that set up his tombstone. Is that unusual? It's not unusual in itself, but in a way it's quite unusual simply because... The inscription itself was found at Ephesus. Even though he's from Rome? Exactly. So you might have thought that his mother and his sister more naturally would have stayed behind in Rome, whereas it seems that when he was travelling out to join his army unit, who were probably based in the eastern Mediterranean at this time, that en route to joining his companions, it appears that he, he fell ill and died, and that then his mother and his sister, who were probably with him because they were financially dependent on him, then ended up not being supported by him, but actually ending up commemorating his death. This phrase that closes the inscription, this monument will not follow the heir, what does that mean? So that reflects a common Roman concern, which is that if you have an heir who's not actually part of your family, that they then may neglect your tomb and it may fall into disrepair. So by saying that it will not follow the heir, it protects it and allows instead the mother and the sister to remain uh, legal owners of the monument and look after it for the future. But I think what I'd, what I'd like to highlight about this picture is its very uh, appropriate nature, that given we've got a 23-year-old who's just joined the, the army and is an army officer, it fits very ni nicely that he actually is depicted as a cavalryman galloping along, brandishing his spear. This stone on the right here is very similar in lots of ways. It is. Again, we've got a figure on a galloping horse moving, uh, galloping to the, the right. Again, we have the cloak flapping out behind him. But there are actually some crucial differences in this inscription as well. The inscription actually reveals that we're not dealing here with an adult, we're not dealing here with an army officer, we're actually dealing with the epitaph for a one-year-old. The inscription tells us, To the departed spirits, 
to Mucrinius Maximinus, sweetest son, who lived for one year and a certain number of months, that's damaged on the stone, Macrinius Maximinus organised and, as prefect of the camp, constructed this. So far from it being an adult depicted as he would have been in reality, we've actually got a, a prospective picture, an image of what his father had hoped his son would grow up to achieve, but, alas, never actually did so. So we've got the horseman, and if you look carefully at his face, immediately you see he's got very curly hairstyle, he's got very chubby cheeks. The, the portrait itself is meant to draw the reader, the, the viewer, into the monument and to realise immediately that this isn't a mature adult, this is just a little boy. It's actually even just a baby, in effect, a toddler. And yet he's depicted galloping on his horse and encountering some wild beast lurking in the undergrowth or in a cave. Uh, the wild beast, uh, probably a wild boar here. He's accompanied by his hunting dog, who is beneath the horse's body. And in the previous publication of this, it describes the, the dog as barking ferociously, was actually, to me, it looks much more like the, the dog is actually cowering rather pitifully um, and actually is not doing much good as a, as a hunting dog. So it's probably just as well that this is an imaginary scene and that poor little Macrinius Maximinus never actually had to depend on this dog to do anything worthwhile when encountering a wild beast. If people want to see these inscriptions or learn more about them, where should they go? So come to the Ashmolean in the first place, to the Rome Gallery, where they're now on display, but also very welcome to log on to the Ashmolean Latin Inscriptions Project website and see the online information that's freely available there.